And as our prayer of response, I'm going to read from Psalm 63. If you have your prayer guide that you came in, that you got when you came in, it's actually in there. So we can read it together. If you're comfortable reading out loud, there's something really special about reading scripture out loud. We're going to read Psalm 63, 1 through 9. Let's read together. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hang on tight to that prayer guide because that psalm you'll actually be reading this week at least probably seven times. There's something really special about quality over quantity. It's great there. It's great to read numerous scriptures, but we're going to dwell in this psalm this week. So every, every day as you're praying, I encourage you to read that psalm, maybe out loud, maybe to underline. When you come to the prayer service this week on Wednesday, we're going to read that psalm. Next Sunday, we're going to read that psalm. We're just going to dwell in it this week. So generally, this week of prayer and fasting, we do in January, and usually we focus on church needs. But we really felt that God was saying that if we each grow personally in our walks with God, the church will grow deeper as a result. So we really focus our prayer ideas for this week on your walk with God, with the exception of Friday. So there's a need there you can pray for. And today we're going to give you some strong encouragement on how you can go deeper, especially regarding fasting and prayer this week. But I'm going to give you one tip right away as we start, and that is note-taking. I can barely listen to a sermon without taking notes because I don't overestimate I don't overestimate my own ability to remember what I've learned. It was different when I had tiny kids running around and I could barely pay attention as it was. But now that they're not tiny, I bring my notebook every Sunday and I encourage you to lean into what God has for you by bringing your Bible, bringing your notebook. Today you'll see that the prayer guide has space for notes so you can write them there. You might even write scriptures that stand out to you, thoughts that the Lord gives you just for you as you're listening, so you can do that to bring your notebook with you to lean in. So we're going to kind of tag team uh, this message a little bit, which we're excited to do. And um, sometimes in January, we do a little bit of a sort of back to basics kind of message where we focus on some of the key and important essentials of the Christian faith or, or important spiritual practices. 
that we have that draw us closer to God, such as meditating on Scripture or uh, prayer, community together, uh, giving, worship, those sorts of things. And this year we're doing that kind of in the context of introducing our theme for 2023 this year, which is to go deeper or going deeper. And when we laid out our faith goals for the years 2021 to 2025, one thing that the Lord ended up doing was uh, giving us sort of a, a phrase for each year. And that's something we didn't really have in the, in the previous uh, faith goals when we did them 2015 to 2020. But when Hannah and I went on a prayer retreat and what we did was took all the, the notes from staff and council of what they were kind of hearing for the Lord as we asked all of them to take at least a half day or a day to pray, seek the Lord, to uh, kind of think about the next five years as a church. And some of the key themes uh, that emerged, we were just able to sort of summarize in these key phrases. And uh, one thing that emerged for 2023 was that we just felt like this was the year we're going to go deeper as a church. Whereas the previous years had a lot to do with, you know, recovering from COVID era church and, and rebuilding, there was and is a clear sense that once uh, that happens, which it has, we're now uh, above even where we were pre-COVID as far as in amount of people and average attendance and those sorts of things. Uh, now that that's happened, it's time to now go deeper. So now that we've stabilized post-COVID, it's all about going deeper in discipleship, obeying the call of Jesus to go and make disciples. And we're going to kind of lay out uh, a full Oceanside discipleship journey um, later in the year in a few weeks that I believe will serve us for years to come. But for this morning, we're going to focus more on going deeper, especially in our personal relationship with Jesus, because a strong church is made up of strong believers who are connected with the vine, Jesus Christ, and have a deep, loving relationship with Him. So we're going to briefly talk about four areas or opportunities to go deeper, and then hopefully with some very practical application and action steps for each area. So let's kind of start by going deeper in the words. So the Bible, this book here, right, this is the book we claim to live our lives by. And so we re need to read it, and we need to know it. Psalm 1-2, we are to delight in God's words. And then Joshua 1-8, we are to meditate on it day and night. Anya, you can come up, but we should know uh, everything there is to know about this book if we claim that it is the gospel truth, including uh, the books of the Bible. So to kind of inspire you uh, to do that a little bit, Anya's just going to help us uh, here for this. And so um, all the congregation might not know, can you tell them how many books are in the Bible? 66. 66, that's right. And would you mind naming them in order for us? Sure. Okay, thanks. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, 
Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, Revelation. Well, I'm inspired. <laughs> but this is the book we claim to live our lives by, right? I mean, it's amazing what we can know and learn about all kinds of things in life. We, most of us can name, you know, off heart a bunch of lines from movies and different things like that. But we want to be so ingrained in the words that it just kind of rolls uh, off of our tongue. And so my advice for you, because I realize uh, in today's world and just statistics show us that uh, not many people are reading the Bible. So my advice is to, to start small, wherever you might be. Um, if it's a verse a day for now, like if you're reading nothing, then a verse a day, maybe one when you wake up and one when you go to bed and let that be the bookends of your day. And then build up to, you know, a paragraph a day and, and a chapter a day. And as Hannah said, it's not necessarily about volume. It's about connecting with the Lord, encountering God, using the Word to have conversation with God that leads us into prayer and listening. And so this week, it's kind of easy because we're just asking you to read Psalm 63 every single day during our week of prayer and fasting and meditate on it and allow the Lord to speak and show you deeper and deeper things each day. But eventually you'll want to get a grasp on the entire biblical story and read through it or at least segments of all the key parts. And so, uh, you know, in that case, I would suggest some sort of Bible reading plan. And you don't have to start these on January 1st. Uh, that's just kind of a logical time, but you can start at any time of year. So uh, there are some suggestions. Uh, this is a, a two-year daily reading and prayer Bible um, that uh, I did for, for two years recently. And then I'm somebody in the church is, is going through it now, but they gave it back to me for one day. And uh, they said they're loving it. Um, this is what I happen to be doing this year, uh, just because I like to switch it up, is 366 daily readings and reflections, and it's kind of a panorama of God's Word, so it doesn't give you every chapter, but it kind of gives you the, the biggest moments of the whole story from uh, Genesis to Revelation. There is kind of the, the classic one-year Bible, which is the Bible in a year, so I've done this many times over the years. Uh, I find it harder these days in, in life uh, with kids to read that much uh, every day. But um, that's teach you through the entire Bible in one year. Uh, I wrote my own plan uh, about 12, 13 years ago, and it's at these back tables. Uh, and it is a Bible in a year plan, but it's kind of just what I always wanted in a plan that I could never find. So I just wrote one myself uh, that kind of has Old Testament, New Testament, keeps you in the Psalms and Proverbs and the Gospels throughout the year. And uh, it's a little... Um, uh, complex, <laughs> but you, you can read it back there, and I give kind of a rationale for it, so uh, maybe that will pique your interest as well there. Uh, so those are physical things. Personally, I always like to read a physical uh, book. I'm not much of a technology guy, uh, but I understand a lot of people read the Bible on their phone. Uh, there are some dangers to that, but there's also a lot of good things about that too, so Hannah's going to tell you how you can maybe do that if that's more your thing. 
Yes, yeah, so there are a number of apps out there, but I'm going to share the one that I really like. This is one um, Thomas shared with me, that it's called The Bible in One Year. And perhaps you've already heard of it because you've been through Alpha, and this is one put out by Nikki and Pippa Gumbel. And so it's very helpful. It goes through, it's a very simple app. You can listen to it or you can read it depending on the day. And then there's a little bit of commentary that helps make sense of some of those passages. So The Bible in One Year is what that app is called. And don't feel shy if you haven't started it yet. The point is just to continue going through it regularly. In fact, this is, you know, what I'm doing because we're going through 1 Samuel soon. I actually started on day 138. So you can write that down if you want. 138 because that's the beginning of 1 Samuel and it's actually the psalm that we read today as well. So you can start there if you want because you don't have to start at the beginning of, of the Bible if you want to be kind of immersed in 1 Samuel before we start that. You can start on day 138. Anyway, so we're going to talk now about fasting because that's part of what we're doing this week. And you can get a fuller explanation by listening to Joseph's sermon from last year. So you can look for January 16th, 2022 in our messages. And Joseph has also sent that out in the newsletter. But I want to give you some pointers about fasting that will help you this week, but also hopefully for the rest of your life. This week, though, could be one of the most important weeks of your life as you commit to fasting and praying in terms of the things that God accomplishes in you and gets in motion in your life. So I just want to give you some reasons to fast. The Bible gives different scenarios, and I'll just share a couple with you. I had to really cut this down, but there's so much there so you can look for it. Often, the people of God fast when they're in desperate need. Maybe the enemy is aligned against them. They have a difficult journey ahead of them, or they really need wisdom. They call a fast and they say, we don't know what to do, Lord, but our eyes are on you. And every time you can read in scripture, he comes through in the most miraculous ways of showing them to wait, showing them to press ahead, showing them to make this decision, helping them in a miraculous way as they have fasted and prayed. So when we're facing trouble in our lives of any sort, and we call out to God for help, and we fast and pray, he comes to our aid. The disciples in Acts fasted in a new season of ministry. They didn't have a need in front of them, but they fasted and prayed, and God gave them direction and told them to set aside Barnabas and Saul for the work of the gospel. So entering into a new season is a great reason to fast. Maybe you've just finished high school and you need some direction. Maybe you're thinking about marrying somebody or starting a family, starting a new job, that options are endless here, moving to a new house. If you've recently lost a loved one and you want to be dependent on God and his direction for the next season, fast and pray. In the book of Nehemiah and other places, fasting can be joined together with sorrow and repentance to break the power of sin. So if you're struggling with a sin or addiction or temptation in your life, often it's fasting that brings that breakthrough you can remember Jesus did that. Jesus fasted in the desert in that situation of extreme temptation where he was being tempted by the devil himself. It was fasting and the word of God that broke that. In Esther, the people fast for three days because she needs favor. She needs favor from the king. And favor is a specific word of where someone's heart is turned towards you. And maybe there's a person in your life or a situation where you really need that supernatural favor fast and pray. Those are just a few reasons to fast. I think you could probably find yourself in one of those. But the question I've often asked is, what if fasting, what if it seems too hard? And that's a fair question. That's an honest question. 
So I'll give you a couple tips here. First of all, ask the Lord to help you decide your fast. Err on the side of moderation and ask the Lord to help you. So for a long time when I was pregnant and raising babies and small children who didn't sleep, I really felt the Lord telling me, you shouldn't be fasting right now. It wasn't the right season. My body was going through enough. It wasn't the right season. So at the end of the last year, I felt his call to start back up. And I had this dialogue with God that went like this. Lord, you're calling me to fast dinner? How am I going to make dinner for my family? And the fast dinner, that seems way too hard. And the Lord just brought to my mind this friend who fasted for a lot longer than that and who had actually mentioned to me that he had prepared dinner for his family every night. I was like, okay, all right. Okay, so what about, what about sleep? I really have trouble sleeping when I'm hungry. And the Lord was like, all right, well, have a little snack before bed. So all my excuses were gone. And no one is saying that fasting is easy, but you can do it. You can do it unless there's a medical reason. The Lord is calling you to fast. And on that note, don't evaluate the effectiveness of your fasting by how you feel because you're likely to feel grumpy and tired, maybe a little weak. Your body needs food and nobody expects that you're going to feel amazing. But what you're saying is that my body and my body's desires are not as important as the Lord and his desires. You're saying, this is something that Derek Prince said. He said, God, I love food, but I desire you more than food. And that's what you're saying when you fast. And I find that if nothing else, as you're fasting, maybe you're not even having the time to set aside an hour to pray, but every time you're feeling hungry, you know, as I'm preparing dinner for my family, like, Lord, I want to be hungry for you. Like, Lord, make me long for you the way that I'm hungry right now. So it might not seem like anything major is happening, and you might even feel weaker than ever, but I promise you, things are happening in the spiritual world when you're fasting. And often you see that movement of God after your fast. If you have questions about fasting as you begin to do it more often, you just talk to me or Joseph. We'd love to help you in that journey. But for this week, here are the key points to remember. We are encouraging you to fast a meal three times this week. Maybe it's one day. Maybe it's three different meals. Continue to drink lots of liquids. You can decide if it's juice or water. And of course, if there are any medical reasons that you can't fast, don't do that. Just ask the Lord if you can give up a food item in a way that will help you keep your mind on him. So as we fast together this week, communal fasting is really important. It will help God's kingdom to come and his will to be done in our lives and in our church this year. But fasting without prayer is dieting, and we're not doing that. So we're also encouraging you to follow that prayer guide. There's some out in the lobby as well if you didn't get one, Monday through Friday. So start by reading through the psalm and then following the directions for each day. Halfway through the week, you'll be strengthened and inspired by coming to the Wednesday night prayer service at 6 to 7 p.m. So come. It's going to be a powerful night of singing and praying together, asking God for big things in our lives and our church because he says, you have not because you ask not. He says, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So we really want you to come and pray with us. If you're a volunteer, it's essential that you come and commit your area of ministry to God for the year. And the kids are welcome to come and pray as well. So we'd love to see every single person at the prayer meeting this week. So, of course, as I said, um, fasting is also about prayer. And we want to go deeper in 
prayer. And so there are some other resources that can help. Um, uh, a while back, I developed a, a document just called 31 Ways to Pray. Um, and I know some of you have seen it, but uh, it's in the lobby there on the prayer resources table. And this is just to spark some creativity uh, in prayer. And uh, so you can find that. But I want to focus a little on the power of praying in community and on a corporate level, because we're excited to see God moving uh, through our prayer here together and healing people through prayer. So we're going to share uh, two stories here. And uh, one is one that happened just a few weeks ago um, in, in the service. And um, it was during uh, our corporate prayer time at the end of one of the music sets, and we were praying. And uh, so this is from uh, Evelyn, and um, she couldn't be here today, but gave me permission to, to read her testimony. And she says that it was the day of, of Sean's baptism when we baptized, and the Holy Spirit was very present after the testimony of faith in Christ he had come to. That morning I had severe pain down my left side from my feet, even in my head, and I thought maybe I should stay home, but my dear husband always wants to go, so I picked him up at the lodge and we came to church. And she says that during the prayer time, uh, Joseph asked for a, a word from someone while we were listening from the word in the congregation, and uh, I felt in that moment the power of the Holy Spirit go through me all down my left side, and my pain was instantly gone. She says, Lisa testified to the touch of the Lord in her that week, and I felt the Holy Spirit urging to get up and testify of the Lord's healing right there. No one touching uh, or, or even praying for me. It just happened for God's glory. So that's what can happen when we're in the presence of God. I want you to hear another story of uh, amazing uh, healing through prayer and, and in perseverance through prayer. So the Hazelman family is going to come and, and share that. Hazelman girls today. Just the Hazelman girls. <laughs> We're fine with that. Alrighty. Hi, everybody. Tally, what are we here to share about today? Um, my testimony of how God healed my stomach, stomach issues. That's right. Um, so to give a bit of background, Tally has had tummy problems since she was a toddler. She's always had a lot of stomach pain and bathroom issues and even a lot of eczema. Um, and it kind of got worse and worse and peaked when she was about six years old. So we, um, yeah, she was in pain all the time, stomach problems every time she ate. She, at times, could hardly stand up or even walk. She was just kind of laying around and very lethargic all the time. So we took her to the doctor, and lots of appointments later, we still had not figured anything out. So we went to a naturopath and got some allergy testing done. And Tally, how many things were you allergic to? So many. So many. She, the test showed that she was sensitive to almost everything. She could have like some meat and some vegetables and some fruit, but she couldn't have wheat or dairy or eggs and not even any of the substitutes like rice or beans or corn or nuts. So basically anything delicious or anything that would stretch your budget, she could not have. And it was really hard. It was a big struggle for our family. It was sad to watch our kid have to miss out on things and we'd go to barbecues or get-togethers and she'd always have to bring her her own food and that was really sad to watch her do that and it was really hard as parents to try and get her full on the limited foods she could eat and try to cook for our family in a way that worked for her um, and when she did eat something she wasn't supposed to have it was right back to square one she'd be in agony again and oftentimes missing school because she couldn't walk and was in so much pain um, yeah tally what was the hardest part for you 
probably um, missing out on all the birthday parties that I was invited to, and I just have to bring my own food. Yeah, that was really sad. Yeah, so it was really hard. It was really sad. There were lots of nights of crying for her and praying and just feeling so hopeless and so heavy about all of it. Um, but one day, we went over to Pastor Dave and Ann Postal's house. They were the, um, the interim pastors when Joseph and Hannah were on sabbatical. And we went to their house for dinner. And Tally, what happened when we went to their house? Well, when we got there, my tummy was hurting a lot. And then when Pastor Ann started praying for dinner, my tummy started to feel better. That's right. Her stomach started to suddenly feel a little bit better. And so what did you tell me after dinner? That I wanted Pastor Ann to pray for me on Sunday. That's right. She wanted Pastor Ann to pray specifically for her tummy. And so on their last week there, Tally came up to me and she said, Mom, Mom, this is our last chance to get prayer from Pastor Ann, so let's go do it. So we did. We went up to Pastor Ann, and what did she pray for? For my stomach issues to go away. That's right. She prayed for God's complete healing. And the very next day, Tally left for a kids' camp at Nanus Bay. And because camp cooks for a couple hundred kids, there was no way we could write down her hundred allergies on that page. So we wrote down the worst ones and we told Tally what foods she could avoid if she didn't want to feel awful at camp. Um, and Thomas volunteered at the camp and he watched from afar as Tally forgot all her instructions and ate all the food. She ate spaghetti and pancakes and cookies and burgers and cheese and eggs and all the stuff. And Tally, how did you feel after eating that stuff? I didn't have any stomach 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 issues at all none at all and so we were like okay that's kind of weird usually if she ate that stuff <laughs> yeah usually if she ate that stuff she'd be in t terrible terrible pain and probably would have had to come home so we thought okay that's kind of weird let's just keep going with these foods and see what happens so she kept eating spaghetti and pancakes and all that stuff and what happened nothing still nothing <laughs> nothing god had completely healed her and yeah, it was amazing. She was cured. And since that day, she hasn't had any pain, any bathroom issues, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it, yeah, it was really special to see how God showed mercy to our family and to our daughter. And um, yeah, we're thankful that he healed her at a time in her life when she can remember it and point back to this is when God set me free. This is when he healed me. And where do we have that list of your allergies? Still on our um, on the door of our pantry in our house. Yeah, we keep that list on our pantry door to remind us of the crazy burden that God set us free from, right? Yeah. And so we believe these are just some first fruits of what is to come in our community and congregation and what God does. So. Uh, last point real quick is that we want to go deeper with each other in discipleship, outreach, and in relationship. And so there's a lot happening that can help you to do this. Um, you can go to our website where all the events uh, and things are now listed and up to date. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed to our e-newsletter. And you're not going to be able to do them all, but our uh, encouragement is maybe pick one or maybe two. And so I'm just going to go through them really quick. This is almost kind of like our announcements here is that uh, our life groups are relaunching and we've launched several new ones. So you might want to be in one of those. There's a parenting, parenting 101 workshop coming up. Um, and so you see the sessions up there. The cost is only $25. It's normally uh, closer to 100, but we've reduced it and uh, have someone coming in to do that. And so you can register online 
and uh, be a part of that. We have our Sexual Integrity 101 uh, course, and uh, this is limited in number. It's, a, it's meant to be a little bit smaller group, um, so you can sign up and be a part of that. There is no cost uh, to it, but we just need to know ahead of time, and you can uh, either sign up uh, uh, privately through the website, or there's an email address that you can uh, email that's there as well, and we'll give more information on that. We're having a new series where we're going to get into First Samuel, a book of the Bible, and then our life groups are going to be studying that uh, along the same. So we're going to be going deeper into the Word together. Our membership class is a great discipleship opportunity, actually, because you learn quite a bit about the Christian faith, about our church, and different things, and it's just a way to kind of dig in and commit. So more information about that in February. We're going to go deeper in outreach. We're going to continue our outreaches that we're doing, like Arrington Elementary Breakfast Program and Good Food and other yearly outreaches, but we're excited to add the Care Home Service, uh, which begins today, first time in years since pre-COVID that we've been able to get back into the care home and bless residents. So you can be a part of that. Talk to uh, Hannah, but there's a group going today. Uh, our reading program is uh, the door has opened to restart this, which again, we haven't had since pre-COVID, where we get to read uh, to kids or more to help them read in the school system. So uh, we do need more people to sign up because some people who signed up are now not able to do it. It's Friday morning, so sign up at the Welcome Center and we'll get in touch. And then we're going to go deeper in relationships. So if you're newer to the church or just never been to a, a newcomer's event, event. Uh, Sunday evening, January 29th, you can sign up, and uh, we'd love to get to know you and hear more of your story. And then uh, just for fun, the last one, we got a little pool party going on uh, on Saturday, February 11th, and just a nice time to be together and uh, have some food before and after. Uh, and again, we can only do uh, up to 80 people for this uh, due to lifeguard situations, so uh, sign up online to reserve a spot. So we're going to spend time going deeper right now starting off this week of prayer and fasting. And uh, this is also our, our second Sunday soak. It's technically the third Sunday, but uh, there's five Sundays in January, so we pushed everything back one week. And um, so we're going to have some opportunity, if you want, to just begin this week um, in the Lord's presence and worshiping together. Uh, the prayer teams are going to come, and so this is a great opportunity to receive prayer. If you want to receive prayer for anything, maybe it's healing in your body. You just heard those testimonies, and it's increased your faith. Uh, maybe it's just whatever's going Going on in your life. And so what we call this is just an extended time of enjoying God's presence in worship and prayer and reflection. Uh, you can just be still and be quiet. You can sing. You can read scripture. Uh, maybe you want to take one of these just for now and, and go through it and see if uh, this is the kind of thing you want to order. Uh, you can just kind of lie down. You can sit. You can stand. You can pace. You can journal. Whatever it might be. Maybe you just want to sit with Psalm 63 for a while. Uh, there's no pressure to stay. Um, we do this every month. Some months, you know, the Lord might be calling you to stay for an extended time. Some months, it might just not work out for you, and that's Fine. All we ask is that you move uh, all casual conversation, please, to the lobby so that we can kind of protect this space for those who just want to be listening to the Lord and doing that. So we'll keep these doors kind of closed here, and uh, you can fellowship out in the lobby if you want to do that. Uh, if you have kids, uh, we just ask that maybe at least after one or two songs, go get them and don't leave them there forever, uh, but you can bring them back in here if you want as well. And uh, most of the pastors will be staying in here and just uh, praying with you as well. So we're excited to do that. We're excited for this week. And so I'm going to kind of do just a, 
uh, a soft dismissal here so that you feel free to go if you need to. And if you want to stay and continue to uh, worship and pray, you can do so. For the benediction this morning, go ahead and stand. And uh, there's three snippets of three texts, and you're going to read these in your life groups this week. But 1 Peter 1.22 says, Have sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. 1 Timothy 3.9 says, Keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. And then 1 Thessalonians 1.5 says, Our gospel came to you with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. So we want to go deeper, just as the scripture calls us to. And so I just want to bless you in this way, sisters and brothers, called to love one another deeply from the hearts. This year, may you hunger for the deep truths of the faith and hold to it with deep conviction, clinging to the one whose love is better than life. Amen. Amen. Feel free to stay if you want. Go if, if uh, you need to. And we hope to see uh, many of you back Wednesday at 6 p.m. as well. Be blessed.